welcome or welcome back to Tea and Tangents with Tara. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about me and my iPad against the world, aka things that I've done for myself that I love. I bought an iPad about three weeks ago now, but this isn't the first time that I bought an iPad. The first time that I bought an iPad was in the summer of this past year. So I bought an iPad in July of 2023 and it did not go well. (laughs) I had been recommended by a friend to try out Amazon Refurbished and I'm not at all um, speaking down in Amazon Refurbished. This was only my experience with it. But I bought an iPad from Amazon Refurbished over the summer thinking that it was going to work perfectly. And for the first 30 days, it did. I bought an iPad 2020 model. I used it for studying. I used it for a very big exam that I had to study for. And 30 days after I started using it, it completely crashed. Like it turned off. I was charging it for two days in a row. It would not turn back on. And I took it to Best Buy in good spirits, thinking that maybe they could fix it. Like maybe the Geek Squad has my back. They plugged the iPad in and they were like, girl, you need to return this right now. (laughs) So I returned it to Amazon and Amazon has a great return policy. So I was able to get a full refund. But that was, that, that experience was a little traumatizing. I had, a big exam that I was preparing for and all of my notes were lost. All of the notes that I trusted the iPad with were now lost. So me and my new iPad are building a new relationship together. I'm trusting this iPad. I'm putting my whole soul into this iPad trying to use it and I've loved it. It's worked perfectly for the past three weeks. This one is an iPad 2022. I bought it brand new from Apple and I'll go over some cost saving tips at the end, but it was a perfect buy and I hope that it continues to function as it's been functioning. So I'm going to go into some tips today of things that I've done for myself with my iPad that I absolutely love. If you have an iPad, stay on. If you don't have an iPad, still stay on because a lot of these things um, you can do on a MacBook if you'd like to, or you might just get some ideas for organization. So since I last posted my podcast episode, I started grad school. I started my master's of health administration program, and I'm in an accelerated program that's online. I'm doing it through Louisiana State University, and I love it. Uh, Another update is that I moved houses out of my college house, which has been a huge transition for me. Um, The move was very quick. I was given a week notice um, that I was moving, um, and it was very hectic. Uh, it's worked out fine. I think it's worked out in my favor. And I traveled twice out of the country since last posting. Uh, one time without my parents, which was my first time traveling out of the country without my parents. So that was a crazy, amazing experience that we'll get into in another episode. So to start off with the iPad, my like recommendation that I've heard from other people is to get a good note-taking app because obviously most people get an iPad to take notes on, as did I. Notability seems to be the most popular app for note-taking in my experience on the iPad. However, I was looking for a free option and one that was a one-time payment as opposed to a subscription. So I found Colonote. I found this iPad app on TikTok actually because I was looking up affordable alternatives for note-taking apps and Colonote, C-O-L-L-A, a note, 
it's literally free when you download it and after you use it for a certain amount of time it does give you the option to pay for it to continue using it but it's a one-time payment as opposed to a subscription it has all these different templates um i think it's really helps me to just practice my handwriting skills over the past three weeks because i feel like a lot of times i'm just typing 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 and i don't want to lose my neat handwriting so that's also been a plus to having the ipad when you are taking notes, I would recommend that you date all your notes. That's a big organization thing for me. Even when I'm using my laptop to take notes, I need to put a date on all my notes. And I learned this in high school from my science research teacher that every draft of your notes or your document, you should date it in the title. Like you don't have to put like October 9th, 2023, but you can put like, you know, 110923 and that just... It's, it's just a real good time saver when you're looking for when you made the note, if you accidentally edit it in Google Docs, you still know when the note originated and it helps you to go through different drafts of your notes. Like if you end up like amending over time, you know when you did it. So date all your notes, like please, it will change your life. The second thing that I love on my iPad is Duolingo. And I know I've been getting clowned for this. I really have been getting clowned for this, but I've used Duolingo on and off over the past three years or so, and I love Duolingo. My problem is being consistent with it. Like, uh, for right now, I have a six-day streak going. Like, let's keep it up. But I often lose consistency with Duolingo because it's, like, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And also, sometimes, like, that damn owl is harassing me too much, and I don't want to go on it. But on my iPad... I just love, and I love doing Duolingo on my iPad. I think it's having this massive screen to work on that encourages me to go on this app every day and do it. Even when I had, you know, iPad number one, well, I'll call it iPad number two, but the first iPad that I got that this year that had broken, um, I had Duolingo on that as well, and I love doing it on there. Like, there's just something about duo- doing Duolingo on my iPad that makes things better. In my lessons from 2022 podcast episode, I noted that I started practicing French and I recently got back from Italy. So I've also been practicing Italian and I know that's so backwards. I definitely should have started practicing Italian before I went to Italy, but I'm doing it now. Um, I'm still, I keep reviewing on my Spanish, even though I feel like I'm pretty proficient. I just like to keep up to date because if you don't use it, you lose it. Not so real. Um, another thing that I love to do on my iPad is annotating in iBooks. So when you're reading a book, you might find, especially for school, but sometimes you like to highlight or add notes. Like I like to add sticky notes in parts of the book, and you can do this on the iPad with your pencil. You can also do it on the MacBook by holding down the mouse and like highlight, like literally highlighting it as if you were copying and pasting something and it will highlight for you in iBooks. But I just like doing it in, in the iPad because it, it feels more like I'm writing in a book as opposed to I'm typing it. It feels more paper-based, even though it's not paper-based at all. Um, another thing with annotating is that I can upload all of my notes directly to call a note and annotate them or um, even just like add notes on in the margins, which I guess, <laughs> that is annotating, Duh! but I mean highlighting and adding notes in the margins. You can do that in call a note. 
and Callanote also functions with PDF files really well. So if you airdrop a PDF file to yourself or upload a PDF file, you can open it directly in the Callanote app. I can't rave about Callanote enough, and this isn't even sponsored. Anyways, if you have remote lectures, either in undergrad or graduate school, I have a lot of in grad school, you can have your computer propped up with a lecture and you can take physical notes on your iPad. You might already do this with a notebook or with just loose leaf paper, but I find that I keep really organized on my iPad and it's interoperable with Google Drive. So like basically it works with Google Drive and you can upload your notes directly to be with your digital notes. So that way my written notes and my digital notes that are typed are all together. And to me, that's really important because in undergrad, as much as I love writing on paper, it helps with memory retention. It helps with paying attention in class. It felt very disjointed. Like I had paper notes in a binder and I had my typed notes on the computer and I would scan my type my paper notes to be with my typed notes so that when I look back in a semester or two from now at my old notes, they're all in the same place. Like it was just too much. This is a much more fluid system of writing it on my iPad so that it can directly be put into my Google Drive. So how do I keep organized in grad school? This is a question that I get a lot from people who are either also in grad school for me with me or people that I work with who look at my organization and are like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I have a system and it works, I promise. It's not too much. I find that it's more time efficient as opposed to time consuming with actually spending time to organize. It's definitely worth my time. So one, I use an agenda. Despite having the iPad, I still, one, I don't fully trust it. But two, I prefer having a paper agenda because my agenda is my lifeline and I just can't afford to have it dying on me. I can't afford to have it, it crashing. Like my agenda keeps my whole life together for the entire year or two years that I have the agenda. It's important to note when you're having an agenda that some agendas are academic year based. So you might buy an agenda and it's for a full quote unquote year, but it goes from September to June. Or you might get an agenda and it's for a full calendar year. So it goes from January to December. This one is two full calendar years, which is useful to me because one, when I got this agenda, like I was about to start grad school. So my life wasn't really focused around an academic year. And also my grad school is only one year. So after that one year, I'm more on a calendar year type schedule. So for me, calendar is my preferred type. It doesn't matter that much in the scheme of things, but it's good to figure out um, if you're in school, what type of agenda you should get. The second part of using an agenda is you need to actually use it. <laughs> Some people get an agenda and they're like, well, my agenda doesn't help me. It doesn't organize my life. But in truth, the agenda is just a tool. You need to actually plan out your life. What I like to do is put in at the beginning of each week the schoolwork that I need to do for this week. I In undergrad, what I would do was would be to put in the syllabus, the entire syllabus, as soon as I get the syllabus into my agenda, 
So I put my due dates. I'd put reminders at the halfway point before the due date to work on that work. I'd put study reminders three days before an exam, that type of thing in my agenda in undergrad. In grad school, it's not as efficient for me to put my entire syllabus into my agenda. A lot of times there will be like a practitioner application essay due in two weeks, but the first draft is due a week from now or whatever it is, and these things aren't in the syllabus. That, those things are very particular and need to be planned on a week by week basis, especially now that I work more than I did in undergrad. Um, it's just a matter of how I need to balance my week. But if you're in a grad program and your syllabus is strictly by the syllabus, you know when you need to do your work, and you should put it in your agenda as soon as you get your syllabi. Um, Google Calendar versus Apple Calendar. This is a big debate for organization um, because one, like they're there definitely is a way to connect the two calendars. I'm just not sure how. So if you do know how, um, good for you. That's great. But I find that Google Calendar is good for collaborating and Apple Calendar is good for my personal stuff. So with Apple Calendar, you can actually share it with others, but I just don't. So I find that Apple is good for my personal calendars. I do have several different personal calendars on the Apple Calendar, and it's accessible on my phone, my computer, and my iPad. This is, I love seeing it on my iPad because it just gives me a nice clear view of the day by day. Um, you can also get this on the MacBook, however, it just is a smaller format. So with the Apple Calendar, I have four different calendars. I As I said, four or five different calendars. Um, one of them is a work calendar where I put all my shifts in for work. Another one is a social calendar, and it was so important for me to make a social versus a personal calendar. So my social calendar is pink, and it has like all my hangouts, all my lunch dates, like all my um, appointments with friends, whereas my blue personal calendar has just my personal things, like my personal appointments, or if I need to go put something in the post office, or things like that. Differentiating between the two helps me to kind of visualize my day when I see the different colors. Like if I see orange and pink, I know, okay, I have a work thing and I have a social thing today, like automatically right off the bat. So color coding definitely helps. Um, with the Google Calendar, I you can also color code in the Google Calendar by using different calendars for different things. Like that's definitely still an option. Um, the Google Calendar, however, though, that isn't as interoperable with Apple as the Apple Calendar. Like for the Apple Calendar, I have a widget on my lock screen that tells me the next thing that's on my calendar. And that's really helpful to me because I can just tap my phone and see like what's up. I see if I have any alarms on. I see if I have any calendar events. And I see the time and the date just by looking at my lock screen. So it definitely is more fluid with like the Apple devices. I do use the Google Calendar to organize for my internship. I manage the Google Drive space for an organization that I'll leave unnamed. And using Google Calendar for that really helps because I can share the link to the Google Calendar with all of the other people working within the organization and they can access the calendar. They can also add the calendar to their own Google Calendar which allows them to, you know, like see what events are added and add their own events.
but enough about calendars, more about the iPad. Um, something that I love using my iPad for is Pinterest. I've been using Pinterest since the fourth grade, and I've had the same Pinterest account since the fourth grade. Like, hasn't changed. I have all my pins. If I scroll super back in time, I see my, like, American Girl doll outfit pins. Like, I've been using Pinterest forever, and I find it as a way to draft out my manifestations. When I'm thinking about what I want in my vision board for the next year, I always, or at least for the first time I did last year and again this year, I draft out the different things that I want in my vision board for the year in Pinterest. Um, A lot of Pinterest users also use Pinterest as a way to like plan their wedding, food recipes, clothing, outfits, like you can basically make a board and make, now you can make sections within the board. Uh, Years ago you couldn't, but you can make a board, you can organize it into sections and just like put like save pictures of like what your inspiration is it's a great way to get inspiration like I when I don't know what to get for my nails and I'm at the nail salon oh I have a Pinterest board ready to look at things that I know that I like that I can put on my nails um another thing is when I'm looking for inspiration for something that I'm doing if it's not present in my life I can almost make it present and like speak it into existence through Pinterest. For pilot school, uh, when I started pursuing pilot school, I didn't have anyone around me that was in that field currently or that knew what pilot school was like or what it looked like. So I would go on Pinterest to find these pictures of pilots and pictures of girls in pilot school and pictures of Cessnas and the planes that I wanted to fly, and I was grouped them into a board. So doing that just allowed me to visualize what I wanted to expect from pilot school. My first lesson with an instructor, the instructor used his iPad to take notes of like the weather conditions, what was clear, um, and the standard things you need to take note of before, um, you know, takeoff. So when when he was doing that I was like oh my gosh now I want to get an iPad and use it for this too like it just seemed so cool when you're hearing about getting an iPad and using an iPad you might be thinking okay but the iPad is this much and then the pencil is another a hundred something dollars however I did not get the, the Apple pencil I have the Amazon dupe and you might be saying Tara you trusted Amazon once and they did you dirty why would you trust them again with the pencil? But hear me out. I bought the iPad and the pencil at the same time, both from Amazon the first time I purchased the iPad. Returned the iPad, have the pencil still. Was waiting on my future iPad. Like, some people wait for their husbands. Like, I was like, oh, like, when is she coming? When is the right time? Da, 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 da. But I had the Apple, this Apple Pencil dupe waiting for me. And I wish I could tell you, what it was called so that I could recommend it, but it's been now taken off of Amazon. Um, it was $26. Um, it was listed as like pencil second generation and it was probably taken down because of how good of a dupe it is. Like Apple wants to run people their money. Um, this Apple pencil dupe has a USB-C charger connection and it can't charge by being connected to the Apple like the Apple pencil can. 
but it works perfectly with all my note-taking functions. Um, I can do the different like types of fonts it doesn't pick up my hand when you're writing on the ipad and i feel like that's a big proponent for the apple pencil like a big winner for the apple pencil is that people say it won't pick up your hand when you rest your hand on the ipad and you're trying to draw and you can look for pencils that specifically don't pick up your hand when you rest it on the ipad so you don't have to spend bank on the apple pencil I was also afraid to spend bank on the Apple Pencil because I was afraid of losing it. I have a tendency to lose certain things. Like, I lost one of my eye, like, the AirPods. So, I only have a left AirPod and I don't have a right one. And I just haven't had the heart to replace it. So, I knew that the Apple Pencil is something that can be lost, especially because it's so slim and it's not attached to anything. So spending $20 on a pencil and losing it was less risky to me than spending $100 on a pencil and losing it. With AirPods and like small things like that from Apple, you can track it and find my iPhone. But you know, that that, that right AirPod, only God knows where she is. Like nobody knows where she is. Um, she could be traveling the world without me. And I found my iPhone has nothing on her. So... When you think of buying an iPad, the first thing that might come to mind is price. And yes, iPads are expensive. There are alternatives like tablets that have touchscreen capabilities or laptops that also function as tablets. But there are some ways to save on the iPad. When I bought my iPad, I was able to get student pricing. I thought it would be a more complicated process, but I literally just put in my student email and that was accepted. So student pricing will help you save money. It took about $100 off of the, the retail price of my iPad. Another thing that you can do is looking into credit card rewards. And I've accumulated uh, rewards miles on one of my credit cards. And those miles were able to be redeemed for an Apple gift card. So I've racked up my miles and I redeemed it. So that knocked another... $200 off the price of my iPad. Now, another thing that you can look to to save money is not paying for Apple Care Plus. However, this was a risk I was not willing to take. I can drop my iPad, it can break, things can, you know, crap out, to put it lightly, just like they did in when when I bought the first iPad. So, this wasn't something I was willing to risk, but it is, you know, if you really need to cut costs, like that is something you can do. Another tip for saving on an iPad is the screen size. So I bought the biggest iPad you can buy, which is a 12.9 inch screen size, but they do have an 11 inch screen size. And if you find that that screen size is good for you and like it's good for what you need to do, you can save a couple hundred dollars by just getting the smaller screen size. Um, some other things that I wanted to share for saving money are buying screen protectors online as opposed to in the store if you buy a screen protector when you're buying your ipad or your iphone or whatever it is they're gonna charge you so much money <laughs> like i can't stress enough how much over the years i've realized this like it was the first time i realized how cheap screen protectors actually are was when i was talking to my friend gabby and i needed my screen protector replaced and i was like okay i'm gonna go to my cell phone provider and get the screen replaced 
And she was like, girl, for how much? And I was like, for $40. And she was like, $40? And after that, we went to Five Below. We got a glass screen protector. She applied it for me, and I was good to go. And my screen protector cracked a few months later, but my phone was protected. And that's, of course, the purpose of a screen protector. So for my iPad, I bought the screen protector from Amazon, and I always get a glass screen protector. I'm not sure how the plastic ones work, but at least in my experience, I trust the glass one before I go on to my last good product to buy. The backlit keyboard case was also a biggie for me on the iPad. I bought it when I bought the iPad the first time around, and I'm using it with this iPad the second time around. I love it. It's you can use it with different generations of the iPad, but having the Bluetooth keyboard allows me to have two different keyboards, and I can also prop up my iPad like a monitor, so it's not a new concept, but it is really nice to have, even though I have an, a laptop. So finally, the last suggestion I have for both organization and for your new device is getting a hard drive. I went to Italy recently, and when I tell you like five different people didn't have enough storage to take pictures like it was very frustrating for them because they wanted to take nice pictures and it was like hard on us too because we all had to share like one phone to take pictures and you know it's 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 a blessing to have people to share your phone with but it's also like then you have to airdrop the pictures and they might not get the pictures they want so really having storage is the best option especially when you're working with PDF files and other documents that you're downloading. So I bought the Maxone external hard drive on Amazon. It was literally $24.92 and it has 320 gigabytes. I bought this over the summer um, after I went to a concert, a Peso Pluma concert, and I had no storage on my phone to take videos. And I was like, that's embarrassing. Like I need to get storage but I wasn't willing to buy the iCloud subscription storage because that just seemed like I was selling myself into it. Like, if I bought the iCloud subscription, like, I'm going to have to pay to maintain that storage. That's not something where it's, like, a one-time payment and done. Like, that subscription, you have to keep paying for it and keep upgrading it in order to retain your storage. The hard drive, like, I felt better about because, yes, there is the chance where it can get physically damaged and like definitely have a backup but I liked that it was in my hands it wasn't just like in the cloud I like having the security of having my documents with me um, on the hard drive and 320 gigabytes for $24 is not a bad deal at all flash drives used to be way more expensive than that for just like 50 gigabytes um, and the hard drive works with both my laptop and my iPad totally recommend I sorted my pictures into like monthly files so like I have a folder for January 2022 for February 2022 like that type of thing and I organized my photos that way all of my files I don't have that like big files to store so all my files are still on my devices but I definitely recommend the hard drive especially if you buy an iPad with less storage you'll want to have a backup hard drive so that you don't have to so that you don't have to have all of these different Things on your iPad. I hope that I've inspired you to use your iPad more effectively or that I've inspired you to stay organized. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next one.